Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 477. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Singh. <laughs> Ryan, can I tell you an honest truth right now? Oh, no. I'm a little sad. Really? And do you want to know why? I do. Because I made, like... 50 gingerbread cookies and they taste like poop. I hate oh, them. No. <laughs> You're a great I, baker too. <laughs> but I tried a new kind of frosting. I tried doing royal icing, which has egg whites in it. And to me, I can taste the egg whites. I I my sense of smell and taste is too strong. The, this is the problem. Royalty, monarchies, they're outdated. <laughs> we should not be supporting that kind of icing. You know this. I know. So if you would like to have uh, eggy gingerbread cookies, please let me know. I'll I'll stick them in the mail. I mean, have sure. Have I sold them well? I'm sure the baby would would eat them even though. Don't please don't give these to your baby. Okay. Well, well that's fine. I won't. Uh, if okay. you're just joining us, we're not just talking about disgusting eggy cookies. We are here <laughs> to talk about everything that's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, what have you i'm still reeling from last week you know it's like i know well and i couldn't believe it because we already got another marvel studios announcement since then i think last week was just like you're like i need a sip of water and then somebody got out a fire hose (laughs) you know what i mean like it was just like What's the new Marvel Studios news? So Marvel Studios Legends is coming our way. This is going to revisit all sorts of moments from across the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's going to be preparing us for some of the new stories that we're going to get to see. Particularly the first two episodes um, are going to be about Wanda and Vision. And it premieres January 8th on Disney+. Plus. So this is going to, like I think, really get us prepped and amped to see Marvel Studios WandaVision on January 15th. So this will be the week before. Yeah, it's great. And this is an ongoing series. So everybody will be able to see Marvel Studios Legends on Disney Plus. More episodes coming, you know, as we saw in the slate from Disney Investor Day, pretty much forever. Yeah, it's gonna be great. (laughs) Something else that's great is a little thing that you and I, Lorraine, we did with Upper Deck. Mm -hmm. um, Because we did a video episode of This Week in Marvel with Upper Deck, we got to unbox and reveal a whole bunch of new cards from a couple of the sets that they have, the Marvel Annual set, as well as the Marvel Anime set. And we did a really fun one with that. And so as a surprise, they actually made cards of each of us and sent them to us. I will tell you the only thing that I was upset by was that most of my stats are like super low, except my intelligence is very high, which I like. I appreciate that. But like, I'm a strong boy. I can lift, you know, like 40 pounds. I want um, I want more strength. So I, I want to tell you where our stats differ. Yes. Which is that energy projection, you have a two and I have like almost full. I'm one away from full. (laughs) And so I, I guess that they just are like, this woman is a dang live wire. But then again, you have more fighting skills than I do. They basically said I'm a small kitten because I'm a British kitty in the No, my fighting skills is one. (laughs) Mine is zero, Ryan. They're like, this lady cannot fight nobody. My durability is three. Which is, you know, I get that. My strength is three. My strength should be like a five. My fighting skills should be an easy four. Compared to the entire Marvel Universe, though? Yes, 100%. It's like me versus Iron Fist. 
I win. Me versus Luke Cage, I win. Me versus Shang-Chi, I win. See, I don't think they accounted in fighting skills for how verbally abusive I could be. Because, like, they haven't seen me on a New York City street when somebody, like, pushes me. Then they know I'd be like, get out of my way. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Those are fighting skills, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, but we'll post these up on our social media channels yeah. uh, for everybody to see them. They're real fun. Um, I love it. I think it's really cool. And, of course, the video, we'll make sure it's linked for everybody to see in um, the show notes for this episode. Um, I did want to say, like... These decks are so cool because the Marvel Annual deck is like basically pulling characters that have been really prevalent in Marvel Comics over the last year. And then the Marvel Anime Trading Card deck is so cool. I'm obsessed with this because as I have talked about so often, I went to Japan on my honeymoon like a year ago, a year and a half ago. But all of these anime cards remind me so much of Japan because they have like the ones that are like in the in the style of the little Japanese vending machines, mm -hmm. and they have like the the sort of Japanese floral styles. I'm just super obsessed with them. And you can get these at your local trading card shop, but also you can go to Upper Deck ePack. And you know, I know right now shipping is a little bit harder because it's the holidays, which always slows things down. Uh, the world is what it is. So again, shipping can be a little slow just in the in the regular world. But if you go to Upper Deck ePack you can get packs digitally and you can trade with other fans from around the world. You can earn exclusive achievements um, that you can't find anywhere else. It's just like a really cool, fun thing you can do. Or if you just like forgot to buy somebody a gift, <laughs> you can do this like last minute and they can get it on, on the actual holiday. Totally. So I think it's just like a really uh, a fun thing you can do. I, I actually like really want to get onto the EPAC site and try to do some swapping. Yeah, that's UpperDeckEPAC.com. Check that out. Any of our listeners out there, if you are out there and you want to trade some packs and cards with us, let us know. Um, hit us up on, on the yeah. Twitter. That'd be really fun. Yeah, and I, I do know that you can um, take those cards digitally and get the actual physical cards mm -hmm. sent to you. So they don't only exist online. Yeah. But you can keep them online so you can do easy swaps and things. Yes, which is really, really cool. Now, Lorraine, you also mentioned gifts. I think it's the perfect time to gift yourself Marvel Unlimited <laughs> uh, because right now anyone can get a year of Marvel Unlimited for only $55. And this offer is uh, limited time. So it's only running until the end of the year. Uh, if you don't know what Marvel Unlimited is, it's our big, amazing subscription service where you have over 28 thousand marvel comics to read you can read all your favorite marvel stories all together there are new comics that are added each week uh just three months after they hit you know comic shops and purchase apps uh you can go to marvel.com slash unlimited use the code i'm gonna spell this out y-e-a-r-f-o-r-5-5 at checkout that's year 455 at checkout um and of course automatic renewal and other terms apply Y'all don't even realize what a wild deal that is. That's basically all the comic books. Yeah, I think all the comic book that exists. If you almost. pay monthly, I think it's like 10 bucks somewhere around there per month. So it's less mm -hmm. than half the cost. If you just sign up for a year, get up in that. My gosh, because I know a lot of our fans want to read their hard copies. I prefer hard mm -hmm. physical copies of sure. comics as well. Um, but then you can actually get the physical copies of the books that like mean the most to you. Then you read mm -hmm. everything else on Marvel Unlimited. You end up, you know, this is sneaky on my part. You end up discovering and love like falling in love with yeah. new series all the time because of Marvel Unlimited. And then we get more of your money and then everybody wins. 
That's right. We all win. Yeah. Oh, speaking of everybody winning, there is a new episode of Marvel's Declassified up this week that we wanted to talk about. You can listen to it just like you listen to This Week in Marvel on the SiriusXM app and desktop player. And uh, episode two is really fun. We're taking a closer look at this idea that we we hear a lot at Marvel, the world outside your window, and essentially how that window has evolved for creators over the years. So we actually, I, I, I brought us a little clippy, a little clippy clip. Yay! So this is Anne Nascenti, who was writing Daredevil in the 1980s. She is a flipping legend She's the best. in the industry. She rules so hard. Exactly. She rules super duper hard. And so when we talked to her, she talked a bit about her experience uh, walking around New York City in the 1980s and how that affected her work. It's straight up cool. So let's listen to it. To write Daredevil, Annie relied a lot on her day-to-day life. I practiced this weird eavesdropping thing. So I would find I would find a spot in Hell's Kitchen and start talking to people, be it a, a sex worker, a cop, a, you know, a skateboard kid, a, any anybody, you know, just people like um you know, a mechanic, a plumber, uh, then you would just talk and listen to Pat to Patois and the, you know, whatever was happening. And it's just trying to have atmosphere. And I, again, I think p- comics should be personal. Even if you're writing Daredevil, it should be personal. And I like to, you know, I had this, um, uh, boyfriend, you know, something happened and we couldn't spend Christmas together and I was suddenly like, and I didn't make plans to go back to my family. And it was sort of like, oh, and it's also like, you're so busy in New York. You're kind of like, oh, it's Christmas. And I didn't have anywhere to go. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm not going to sit home and, you know, feel like a freak. And I went to this bar in Chelsea and there were all these people just like me. There were all these people that had nowhere to go on Christmas. And I felt like I found my people. You know, that was a tribe. That was a tribe of people who had nowhere to go for Christmas and then wrote a Daredevil story. What if Daredevil had nowhere to go for Christmas? Like, find the humanity. Find the humanity of the moment. Everything isn't all cool and slick. And if something happens to you and you have nowhere to go for Christmas, Cry about it, maybe, but then write about it. That was awesome. Anacenti's amazing. I, you know, it's funny because actually the last last night and this morning, as we're recording, I've been reading some of Anne's Daredevil issues because we're having a hmm. chat with Mr. Chip Zdarsky for my other show, Marvel's Pull List. He actually chose um, about six or seven issues from Anne's run of Daredevil for a reading club episode of Marvel's Pull List, which awesome. we're going to air that, I believe, in 2021. But Anne's run on Daredevil is among my favorite. I love Daredevil comics. You know, like you got the Bendis run, you got Joe Q and Kevin Smith, you've got Mark Wade, Chris Somney, you've got Chips run right now. Like there's tons of runs, but what Anne was doing with John Romita Jr. in the eighties, some of my favorites, it's weird and dark. And especially at a time when what the X-Men and Spider-Man books were doing was like a lot more commercial in a sense. Mm-hmm. Daredevil was flipping wild. It was great. And it's so interesting because we go into why she started writing comics so 
differently than everybody else. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, no. So go listen to that episode. Uh, it's available to listen to right now on, again, the SiriusXM app and desktop player. And look out for next Tuesday. We're going to have an extended interview with Christopher Priest and my co-host Evan Narciss, uh, where they go deep into his history when he used to be Jim Owsley. Mm -hmm. And was the first black editor at Marvel. So it's a really cool conversation. So check out both of those. I also got to talk to Priest recently for like an hour and a half talking about his Spider-Man versus Wolverine comic. And then just like everything else under the sun. I could hang out with him and listen to him for, for days and weeks. Uh, so, man, y'all are doing great work on Marvel's Declassified. Great job. Yay, thanks. I will also check out the latest video from Earth's Mightiest Show, which is called You Don't Know Venom. Uh, because it was a little fun Venom refresher for everybody who's excited about King and Black. You put that together to to let people know who Venom is, what he's up to, what's going on, and get everybody ready for that symbiote boy. Yeah, I had a really just a blast writing that piece, and Langston reads it in true Langston fashion. It's silly, and it's dark, and it's it's just a good old time. You can find it over on Marvel.com or the Marvel YouTube channel. Yeah. All right, from Venom to Lucha Libre, get ready for this one in the rain. Uh, we've got just really revealed and shown off for the first time in the ring as part of Triple Mania 28, uh, which was an event held by the wrestling group Triple A at the Arena Ciudad de Mexico. Uh, we met the Technicos, aka the good guy wrestlers El Racno and El Leyenda Americana. And the Rudos, aka the bad guy, tough wrestlers, El Terror Purpura and El Venenoide, uh, and they fought for the first time. It was really cool. The event was actually behind closed doors, but fans around the world could uh, view it virtually through the different AAA platforms. And that was just like the big, big kickoff to something we've we've been teasing and talking about for a little while. Now... There are Marvel Lucha Libre products, such as like clothing and footwear, accessories, toys. There's going to be like household items, school items, all of this inspired by Mexican wrestling, by the Lucha Libre tradition. Um, going to be developed by a ton of Marvel partners around the world. Um, you can check out different stores um, such as Liverpool and uh Palacio de Hierro, as well as in online stores, go to DisneyLatino.com slash shop. You can go to Amazon.com.mx. You can check all this stuff. I really hope that I get a box full of great Marvel Lucha Libre stuff. If anybody listening wants to send me stuff, because I'm I'm the fanboy here about all the wrestling stuff. Hello. What? What? What if you ordered a shirt, but then they just sent you an empty box because all those guys are shirtless? <laughs> <laughs> okay were you holding we on to that the entire time <laughs> just a little all right um let's keep this international vibe going mm -hmm. because uh luna snow has a bop for the kids right now um there's a new uh luna snow song slash music video that just came out yesterday um of course luna snow is marvel's first k-pop superhero and she's had some songs come out before but you should listen to this one. Check it out. It's tied to Marvel Super War, which is a game in Asia. But the song is just uh, really fun, really cool. And like, I, I don't know why it blows my mind. But when you see her in a video, it it's so like K-pop delight. Mm -hmm. Like she's got her like video game kind of quality, but 
Also, like the voice is phenomenal. <laughs> uh, they are real songs. They which are. Blows they my are. Mind it's for great. Some so Luna Snow is actually she's shown up in some comics for us. This is you know mm-hmm. part of the Marvel Super War, which is a game in Asia. But you know you also check out Marvel Future Fight. Like it's really cool how this character starts as like a joint idea and becomes something mm-hmm. that reaches out in from one video game to another video game to the comic books to actual pop culture and music and and really it's pretty dang neat i know it's really cool to see her evolution from marvel future fight into everything everything speaking of everything if you want everything to be all warm and wonderful (laughs) during the holidays we have marvel video call backgrounds for you these are super cute new video call backgrounds there's a bunch of them they're pretty terrific they're so cute i just love the one that's like captain marvel and it's like be merry be bright they're all kind of like they remind me of like old school shag art kind of style they're just super duper cutesy cute. Oh, these are these are really, really cute, though. Aren't they so, so sweet? And also, there's a great one of Spider-Man wrapping up Wolverine and he, in Christmas lights, and he looks annoyed. Yeah. Oh, man. the Just the deck the walls with Spidey, the Black Widow and Black Panther, Captain America. Did you see Thor? the season's Grootings oh. with Groot and Rocket? Oh. It's so cute. Oh, the Wolverine and Spider-Man one. That's from, um, that's actually from a comic from a holiday special from a yeah. couple years ago. Yeah, these are great. I was thinking that I was trying to figure out what it was from because it looked familiar. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to change our video backgrounds for our future calls. We're also going to get you ready to hear from uh, the band Less Than Jake. They're our interview this week. We talked to a couple of the members from the group about their favorite Marvel superheroes, the band's history, and their brand new record, which is called Silver Linings, that's out right now. Um, it's wild to think like Less Than Jake has been going on for so long, keeping it going, such dedicated fan bases and excitement. Um, it's really, really neat. Also, listen to Ryan and I relive our teenage years. Yeah. You know, we just got to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Oh, boy, I got to go. Yep. Uh, All right. Well, Lorraine takes a little break. Uh, You guys check out our interview with Less Than Jake right now. (laughs) Lorraine, I'm so excited to talk to our guest this week. Uh, We have two members of the band Less Than Jake. Uh, Hello, buddy. Hi there. How's it going? Great. And hello, JR. Good afternoon, sir. That was a fancy, (laughs) fancy hello. Um, Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about Less Than Jake and what each of you guys do within the band? Well, my name is JR. I like long walks on the beach and slow walks off short piers. And I play saxophone and sometimes they allow me to sing in less than Jake. Oh, you sing more than you know it. Uh, I play trombone and don't sing as much because nobody wants to hear me sing, but I do have a microphone uh, just in case. So mostly for commentary, I think, is why they still allow me to have a microphone. But uh, yes, we are a band uh, originally from Florida, but now we kind of live all over the place. Uh, we've been a band for almost 30 years now, and we used to tour all the time. Here we are, 2020. Buddy and JR, welcome to This Week in Marvel. Thank you all for uh, jumping on with us. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Yes. It's our pleasure. This is It's awesome to be in the Marvel Universe. You actually transported us inside the Marvel Universe, and it's amazing. That's right. We, uh, we got to meet Doctor Strange as he brought us here. It was great. He's a little pretentious, but you yeah. sort of get used to it after a while. He is. The thing I find the most surprising about being here in the Marvel Universe is how humid it is. 
very damp. Yeah, my, my Marvel universe seems to be uh, just like Florida. It's also humid in my room. <laughs> of course, you probably got Man-Thing running around. It's Florida, the nexus of all realities. It's just gross. Yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. It was actually really nice if we wanted to do the weather. Uh, about three days ago, there were like three or four days in a row of, it's fall now. Like, I woke up, it was like in the 60s when I went outside in the morning. and But now it is back with a fervor. It's humid outside and the sun is blaring. JR, are you in Florida as well? No, actually, I live in Connecticut. I'm pretty close to the Marvel Universe, apparently. <laughs> well, since we transported you to the Marvel Universe, what are your guys' Marvel origin stories? How did you first get interested? Wow, that's a good question. Well, I'm, mine goes way back. Uh, I actually had comics. This is what you know. You asked about our knowledge of comics at some point. I don't really have much no knowledge of comics, but I did... I do have some very firm early memories of like the three or four comics that I did have of like the Fantastic Four in it. And uh, I definitely used to watch like a bunch of cartoons early on that had Marvel characters in them as well. So I've always been a fan of the superhero genre. And uh, now with the last decade and a half or two or three or whatever it has been of <laughs> blockbuster movies, it's uh, almost unavoidable. But I, I love every second of it. So whenever there's a new movie coming out, I'm super on board. And JR, what about you? Yeah, I think probably like Buddy. When I was a kid, I remember on Saturday mornings, they had the Amazing Spider-Man, Adventures of Spider-Man was on. Oh, yeah. And they used to watch that all the time. That was like part of the Saturday morning cartoon. He was on the Electric Company. It might be my first earliest <laughs> yes, memory of Spider-Man. And that was my favorite part of Electric Company whenever it came. Because it came on after Sesame Street, I think. So I just kind of roped into Electric Company. It was never my favorite. But whenever The Amazing Spider-Man showed up, I was like, this is the best. <laughs> and they had the 70s live TV Spider-Man I was super into as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I related very much to Spider-Man because my name is Peter as well. And Peter Parker, and he was kind of a loner and kind of a nerd. And that was kind of me. So I definitely... You also got bit by a spider a couple times. Is that right? Yeah, while I was sleeping last night, actually. <laughs> um <laughs> No superhero powers, unfortunately, but I have a bump that just won't go away. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah, I'll just keep waiting, <laughs> <Yeah>. hoping, <laughs> hoping, come on. But yeah, and then I suppose later on when I was in high school is when I got introduced to Deadpool. And that was kind of like my reintroduction because maybe I kind of got away from it for a while, like middle school and area time, you know. Um, my brother really liked X-Men at the time, so that was kind of his thing that I latched on to. But like, you know, like Buddy said, once all these, the new movies started coming out, the Avengers, it was, I was just back. I somehow missed Deadpool as a youth, but when the movie came back out, that's like one of my favorites too, because he's so sarcastic and, and funny. He did yeah, a great job. with a mouth, like, I, I love that he's like the hero, but not hero, like the, the anti-hero hero. The I live by my own rules hero. Yeah, it's a, th those are a lot of fun. The comics are wacky and weird and some really interesting stuff going on there. But uh, yeah, I'm glad the movies have sort of reintroduced a lot of these characters mm -hmm. or introduced them to, to folks. What uh, what are some of your favorite movies or characters that you, you've seen in the last you know, decades? Wow. Uh, well, you just brought up Deadpool. And that was one, like I said, I, I didn't really know that one, too. So that was great because I just was unaware of him. Same with uh, Ant-Man, too. I didn't really know too much about him. But then that first movie I thought was great, too, because he's kind of funny, dry humor kind of thing. So I, I like humor a lot. So the whole Avengers cast is great in that regard, too, because of the way they interact with each other. So I liked the fact that there's all the origin stories and they each have their own 
they get their own moment in a movie and some get more than one movie. But then when they come together to, to battle things together, I love the way all the plots tie together. And I don't know, just the, the whole interweaving of all the characters is what is, uh, really draws me in. Uh, and it's the same with like the X-Men universe. That whole, that whole thing too has all the backstories now too. I loved how they went back into the, the early days of that with some of the movies. Yeah, I, I probably, to answer actually answer your question, would say <laughs> it, uh, my favorite character that I've been introduced to, I wasn't so familiar with the Guardians uh, whole series. Like, so Rocket became a pretty big thing because, like, Bradley Cooper kind of killed it as Rocket, too. So, like, it was, I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is kind of my guy. And then Groot, that whole dynamic between the two of them i think if that doesn't really tug at your heartstrings if you don't have a best friend or you have a best friend i guess that kind of you know creates that yeah i like that that brought the whole outer space thing into the the game too because a lot of it's focused on earth a lot of the times but uh that definitely took us off planet which was pretty cool so are you going to tell us who your favorite character is now buddy or I, that's what i think the problem is i'm avoiding that question because i really like i, I think my favorite character is that there Commit. are so many like, the characters the way they interact with each other and the way they're tied together via the plot, I think is my favorite part. I, I can't pick a favorite character because I like all of them in, a, in different ways and that they're also diverse. Okay. Wolverine. He likes all his children. <laughs> <laughs> all his for, children for are real. loved equally. Yeah. It's true. It, it is like that. I mean, there's some that I d don't like as much, I guess. Why don't, how about that? Which ones do you hate? Can we? Yeah. I'm taking over here, guys. I'm and sorry. I knew that was, like was going to be the follow-up, and then I'm now... I'm, I shouldn't really, be interviewing I'm, I'm trying to figure out who that is, though. I don't even know if there is someone I don't like. They're all perfect. They are perfect in their own way. Yeah. I mean, we could get into the villains, because villains I don't like. I'm all for the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hot take, pro-heroes, anti-villains. Wow. Who knew? I even like Tony Stark's snarkyism, like the fact that he's just like so cocky, and I think they stay true to their characters, and I think that's what's cool about each one. And so you can find things that are cool in all of them. Um, so you guys kind of have your own uh, superhero-ness because you guys get to be rock stars and all that good stuff. So what is your band's origin story? Let's take it all the way back to the early days. Back to 1992 in Gainesville, Florida. The frozen tundra of Gainesville. Well, technically, <laughs> the origin story isn't even in Gainesville. If you want to go to the origin, it would be Chris, our guitar player, and our old drummer, Vinny, went to high school together, and they actually started the band while they were still in high school, and the, this is where the name of the band came from, too. Vinny had a dog named... It was actually his parents' dog named Jake. It was an English bulldog, and... Uh, Parents would like bring back steak for the dog and the dog had its own chair in the house. And like, you know, then he would be eating macaroni and cheese in the corner and eat your macaroni and cheese. And uh, the dog was named Jake, but they were practicing in the back bedroom, Chris and Vinny for the band, what was to become less than Jake. And they had to stop practicing because they were making too much noise and the dog was getting upset. So they were less than Jake. <laughs> Jake being the dog. I mean, look, I treat all my, as I let my, I one of my cat, cats, yeah just run yeah. ramshot over me as i uh, do this recording we're pretty literal as a band like <laughs> we are there's no like you know <laughs> trying to like hide under some you know fanciful wording we are just literal this is we are less than jake that was it <laughs> back to the marvel universe well yeah we'll, we'll get we'll jump back and forth between marvel and less than jake stuff yeah i was thinking we were you know listening to you guys and lorraine and i were like oh my gosh you know it's reminding us of all the years we've listened, you know, listening in, for us in high school and in the 90s yeah. and like just oh, sort we're of like, a nostalgia act for you, too. <laughs> but 
you know, stuff that we, you know, like that was the the fat, you know, buying of fat records or, you yeah. know, yeah. Or, or any number of comps and, and hearing that stuff. So it was really fun. And I was thinking of um, one of the, the first records, the Pez Core record and Pez being something that's been kind of with the band for years. Are either of you part of the <laughs> like the Pez collector crew or is it some of the other members of the, the band? Was it the other, it's the other members of the band. I think we all have Pez collections just by proxy because we've been around proxy, for so long. Because it started getting thrown on stage at some point that, yeah, you, you inevitably <laughs> created a collection. And, like, you know, fast forward years later, I live in Connecticut, like I said, and the Pez Museum is in Orange. And a good friend of mine is actually one of the head graphic designers for Pez now, U.S. It's hilarious. But, like, we're in the Pez Museum. The copy of Pez Core is there. And... Our 30th anniversary is coming up in 2022, and, you know, maybe something fun will happen. Who knows? Well, that's cool. Now I would like to point out behind Buddy the entire yeah. wall of toys that's behind him. Just when yeah, he used to not. Uh, like, I am yeah. a different kind of collector if you can see all the Simpsons stuff. Okay, I thought it was Simpsons toys. I was like, that looks like familiar packaging oh, and yeah, some stuff back there. I, ha- I do have all of these Simpsons Pez, though. That's what I was going to bring up. As far as Pez goes, this is what I've got right here on the shelf. Not long ago, we had Al Jean on the show, showrunner for The Simpsons for so many years. Oh, wow. Nice. That was so cool, just like Lorraine and I geeking out about like The Simpsons and him geeking out about being a lifelong Marvel fan. Was yeah, oh, those, so those two worlds can definitely... Uh go together the same people like both of those (laughs) not all all the time but uh it's definitely an easy cross promotion well i mean it's so crazy how long marvel has been around like really when you think about it it's generational now you know it's not like just something that popped up in 20 years ago like this is yeah when the movie like a lot of people probably think the movies were the beginning of marvel or something yeah i actually went on the wikipedia when i saw that we were doing this interview i was like i better like brush up on all my marvel knowledge i went to the wikipedia and went through all the history it's like pretty crazy like the ride that marvel went on yeah, yeah. I, I didn't go to the Wikipedia, but... Um. <laughs> well, I just wanted, you know, I was like, maybe I'll just figure out some stuff that I didn't know, you know? So, and I did. I learned a bunch of stuff. JR, you've been to the Marvel offices, right? I have. I held the uh, Hammer Thor. Got emotional yes. about it. <laughs> I, I had a great time. We, we did the podcast, I believe, at the time. And so that was... Uh, it's got to be five or six or longer years back that we did it. And it was a really good time hanging out in the Marvel offices. I took a picture in front of the wall with all the characters and then going into all the meeting rooms. And I did take a picture with me and the Spider-Man statue in the Spider-Man mm-hmm. room. And so that was kind of cool. I, I love the, all the different rooms. The only one we didn't get to go into is uh, the Iron Man room because there was actually a, a conference or a meeting going on in there. Who'd have thunk you guys would use conference rooms for actual conferences? At, <laughs> at I know. Yeah, when the I'm there, outrage. I was there trying to see it. And how dare you? So, yeah, if you guys will have us back, I won't take as many comics this time. Oh, no, you have to take the comics. That's like the thing that I always love is like yeah. giving comics away. It makes me so happy. Yeah, twist my arm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went and got my hair cut yesterday and I gave my barber comics. I was like, here you go. Give them to your kid. Yeah, but that's the good thing. Like I said, it's that's I think that's the beauty of Marvel. And that's I think our our band kind of emulates that in a way a lot of times because, you know, we'll get. Uh, sons, daughters of fans of ours that now come to our shows that were that are in their 20s and their parents were in their 20s when they used to come to see us play. And like, I think that that's like a, a testament to something awesome about the culture that's created, you know, and Marvel has always been really great at like maintaining that culture and keeping it interesting. You know what I mean? That's the 
that's what's always sucked me right in. You know, I'm always like, oh, new movie. I'm in, you know. I was listening to you guys a little bit earlier and I had my daughter, she was here with me in my office and she was dancing. Every time I put on like pop punk or ska, it makes her so happy and it makes me so happy. It's the best. Energy and melody. Yeah. And horns. Don't forget the horn players. (laughs) Yeah, of course not. (laughs) Already forgot them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. You know, it is crazy that you guys have been like together for essentially three decades what is it like touring now? I mean, obviously, well, not, <laughs> not now. now. Yeah. Not now, now. But what is it like touring now? Like, what has the sort of progression of time been like for tour life? Uh, we talk about that all the time, with especially with younger bands, because when you hear younger bands complain about what it's like to tour now, I mean, there are definitely complaints. Don't I, I, I understand that. But the ease with which uh, touring has has the internet has provided for touring. Like we used to have an actual map, like a Rand McNally map out and get in arguments <laughs> in the van while we toured around looking for the club. Like you don't have to do that anymore. You just tell Siri where you want to go. Yeah. I mean, finding a hotel room, you know, like think, yeah. finding somewhere to eat. You would go to some of these venues and you were not in the nicest areas of town. A lot of these venues, you know, okay, that's how the- we knew we were pulling up. We were either near the college or like someone was selling crack outside the van next to us. We're like, oh, we're getting close to the venue. And they would say, a lot of places would say, yeah, you probably shouldn't walk two blocks this way or that way, you know? And so finding food was whatever was closest or whatever they provided at the time. Or just entertainment, even just doing anything around the club. You didn't know what was around. Now, like even, or when we were in Europe, I was scared to go anywhere because I would get lost and be lost in Paris forever, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now you just walk around with your map and you you can look up what to do. And it's it's just a whole different world. Like Yelp, you know, you can find food. Like, Yelp is our, our new love life. <laughs> As you're old on tour, food becomes definitely uh, one of the, the joys. Smartphones are, you know, that's like gold in your pocket. As much as it's the the greatest evil in the world, it's also the greatest good. So I'm totally confused as how to feel about it. <laughs> you know? even, as, even as evil as social media is, that also for, I didn't even thought about this factor, but like, you know, when we used to sleep on people's floors and stuff, it was you asked at the show, like you were at the show and you're like, can someone, these people probably set all that up way in advance. You know, they've got people that are on the, Hey, we're going to be coming through town. Can we stay at your house? There was none of that going on. Uh, well, if you guys are not touring at the moment and you guys, but with all the pandemic stuff going on, people staying at home, how have you guys been staying creative, staying sane, just like getting some <laughs> of that making a lot of assumptions. <laughs> oh, <uh-oh. laughs> I'm not sure I'm staying sane. So what have we been doing as a band to stay sane or what have we been doing just in general uh, on our own? as individuals I, I guess either you know like are you able to stay creative and do stuff i mean i know there's a new record right there's uh yeah well that we actually did before the pandemic dropped and we had a whole plan uh for this whole year that was revolving around this new record that was going to be great for us so if you're listening to the podcast you could go listen to our entire new record silver linings today right now on all streaming services you can go buy it if you want if you even buy records anymore do people buy records sure yeah just for the two of you, what have you been doing over these last couple of months to get yourselves in a space ready to, you know, take charge of the world, release a record, get excited? What 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 gets you, you know, going during these times? So I would say that ultimately I wake up every morning about 7 a.m., which is very awkward for a musician and awkward for me because when we're on tour, it's, you know, probably 10 o'clock is a, a real time to wake up. But when you have more you later. Know, yeah, well, if you have nothing better to do, I suppose, you get up early and carpe the diem. And, uh, you know, I get up, I have coffee, I 
read the news. You know, being in a band, I think ultimately people look at it and they go, oh, you just get up, you sing some songs, play some guitar, yada, yada, yada. That's it. It actually, there's a little bit more that goes into it than that. And so emails start about 8.30, text, group texting starts about 8.30. So, you know, staying busy isn't specifically the problem. It's staying motivated to stay busy when really you don't have to. There's no reason for me to get up at seven o'clock in the morning. Buddy has more of a reason to get up at seven o'clock in the morning. He has a a, a farm full of animals. <laughs> I know. I didn't use. I used to sleep at least until eight thirty or nine. But it has been. It's funny that you say seven. It's almost uh, religious that like seven o'clock happens and the cats start like wailing outside of our door. Yeah, and Ryan, Lorraine, I'm gonna tell you, I don't have a significant other, and I have no animals that live with me. There's no reason for me to be up at seven o'clock. In the morning. <laughs> no, <there's not. laughs> all right, so I don't have children. No offense, I love people with children. You know all that stuff, just not for me. And I still get up at seven o'clock in the morning for no. And I don't even golf. If I golfed, it would be all right. I yeah, get up like your tea time, but you'd already be something. late for your tea time. Yeah, no, nothing. Just get up, stare at the wall. It's great. Well, I'm I'm fortunate enough to to have a wife that I actually get along with really well too. So, cause I know so, some people that's a bad thing in the pandemic cause you're forced to be around that person all the time. But, uh, we actually were practicing for this pandemic for the last like four or five years, probably like, I feel like we stopped doing things about four or five years ago. So we've just basically <laughs> been doing, we did a lot of yard work and all this kind of stuff without knowing this was coming and have made our house into almost a little mini resort at a little pool out back. And uh, so we've just been, you know, we've been doing our parts to stay home for sure. And, uh, definitely doing the pandemic thing to the T but uh, yeah, we have done some stuff with the band, though. We actually started having weekly band meetings via FaceTime, which we never used to do. And it has definitely helped us keep on track while in lockdown like this, where we can't tour and stuff. And being able to... We've never been home this long since I've st- joined the band in 1993. The longest we've ever been off the road was maybe something like four months. And we had already planned to take time off because we were finishing writing the record and then recording the record. We got off tour October 15th or 18th, something last year. And did the record, got done with that. That was why we finished out the year. And then before the record came out, we were going to take some time. We didn't want to go start touring a bunch before the record was actually going to come out. So we had to take a little bit of a break too to wait uh, so you don't oversaturate the market. So the first thing we had on the books wasn't until May anyway. And then that's exactly when everything kind of shut down. There was word that it was shutting down and, and you know everything got shut down in March. And then we were like, oh, hopefully that doesn't affect our tour in May. It's, it's only going to be for eight weeks. So it seems like it's butting up right with it. But maybe we'll skip. And then we ended up postponing that till July. And so we did a lot of work of this, like we didn't know how long it was going to be going on, like shuffling tour dates and trying to make sure these things are still happening. And now everything's just got rebooked until the next year. And so we eventually came up with the concept though, of doing um, this thing called the lost at home sessions, which we did through our band camp where we wrote three songs at home in our own studios by sending things uh, via the internet and we each have our own little home studios, so we recorded all of our own parts and sent them to Roger, who is like the main studio guy in our band, and he put everything together and then sent it off. We got it mixed, and we have put out three songs, but then we had the new record come out, so we stopped, but we were going to do uh, like a, like more of those as we went, so right. there's still potential for that uh, after the record comes out and stuff. For well, listeners that don't know what Bandcamp is, you can go to lessthanjake.bandcamp dot com and you can go there and you can listen to these songs they're streaming there right now and you can also purchase them right and originally we were partnering with uh different charities for each song actually too uh and so we ran it for like a month where the song was five dollars and we donated uh some of the money to different charities that we thought were 
worthy during this. And uh, so that was great. So we, we made a bunch of money for other people and uh, it was great. Yeah, we worked with uh, the Grammy committee has uh, an organization called Music Cares that we donated to. We donated to a local food bank in North Florida called Bread for the Mighty. Bread of the Mighty, yeah. Bread of the Mighty, that's right. And then we also, there was a, a nonprofit that was organized called For the Nomads. And so, you know, for a lot of the working men and women in the music industry, they're not all just guys in bands or ladies in bands. It's, you know, lighting directors, audio directors, guitar techs. Tour managers. Tour managers, yeah. bus drivers, truck drivers. There's this whole other uh, industry that's around it. So uh, those people were put out of work, just put out of work. And then that was it. And there's no real going back for that. So we tried to donate to them a little bit. We worked, we did a couple of things with For the Nomads. So, you know, you try to give back in, in a time that's crazy. You know, we, we try to help when we can, you know. That's so incredible. Everybody go check out that Bandcamp page uh, and, and listen and support. That's really, really cool. And Bandcamp is great because it also it, it a lot of that money does go directly to or a lot more I would imagine goes directly to the artists. Yeah, it's it is really useful for artists, especially artists that don't have their own label or any kind of way to do things on their own. It's really easy to set up a Bandcamp page, and they basically pay you most of the money. Like it's uh, pretty direct. Yeah, Lorraine, you and I can do our yodeling project. Yeah, there you go. Bandcamp. Oh, and, and finally, make, my yodel needs to be heard. We could get a we could get a suit, true super group together if you get like Thor and Iron Man <laughs> and uh, the Hulk to like get on the drums. It would be great. Honestly, legitimately, Thor should be v- very good at yodeling. It seems like sort of regionally correct for that character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> um, but you do have the new album coming out. Yeah, oh. right. It's wild. Um, so what what can you tell us about your new album? It's, it's new, amazing. It's, it's 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 new and it's amazing. Yeah, it's on a it's on a record. I think it's called Silver Linings, and <laughs> it was written over the course of a, maybe a year before we actually got in the studio to do it. You know, while we were on the road, we were kind of having little writing meetings in the back lounge, and you know, everybody kind of puts in their two cents. Interestingly enough, we titled the record Silver Linings before the pandemic. So yes. we had had that. It wasn't like a, a thing that we, that we I'm actually kind of on. aggravated by that because I came up with it. And now I have it, it. I feel like everybody is using that. Term. I feel like I've seen it since we came up with that. It's probably just because I know it's our new record. Cover, and it's great marketing. Uh, name, but I keep seeing it everywhere now. Yeah, it's exactly. There's definitely going to be a silver lining on this. Like I've heard, I've heard that <laughs> phrase many a time now. Well, we all need one right well, now. <laughs> I think yeah. it's not. I, I, I don't think it's so much like uh realizing where they are it's taken the moments to appreciate them because they are so few and far between i think these days and like i think a lot of that is kind of self-inflicted by each one of us you know by how what we take in and what we read and what we what we let affect us and, and affect our lives and uh you know it's it's sometimes hard to find those things when you just feel like you're you're trudging through so much garbage all the time you know yeah it's about taking the time to realize that pretty much everything can have a silver lining you have to like you have to find that within things you know i think that's that's a, a large thing about marvel is finding that aspiration that hope that silver lining that light at the end to persevere um all right uh, let's i want to wrap this up by asking you uh, a question that all right so if 
Less Than Jake could do a theme song for one Marvel character. Not necessarily for a movie or anything, just for like a character. And you could you could put together something for a specific hero or villain or anti-hero. Uh, who would each of you want that song to be for? Yeah, I mean, I would think that, and it just, when you brought it up and said it, like the first name that popped into my head was Ant-Man. And I just feel like Ant-Man is the kind of guy that would benefit from having a ska punk band write his theme song. I'm, re- I'm really trying to find a game we used to play in the van. This is really embarrassing, but uh, because there were so many ska bands at the time when we first started out, when it was the, the ska boom of when uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss Towns or Big Fish had hits on the radio, there were tons of ska bands around with us. Like every opening, we would, we would have like maybe one band with us on tour, but everyone else was like a local opener. And it was everyone's chance that was in marching band to be in a band. And so there would be like 50 people in a horn section and everything was like, everyone had like ska in the name of the band. So we tried to come up with lots of different puns that used ska in the name that were terrible. And I was trying to do that with a character now, but I couldn't find one fast enough. I'm now I'm talking, so I just haven't thought about it again. So I don't know. There was a local, I was in Long Island during that time period. And uh, I believe, I think they were local to us, was Mephiscopheles. Yes. Who, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I, I just thought, I've always thought that was just the best name. So yeah, that's actually a pretty good version of that. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you what I thought you were going to say, Ryan, but now I'm obsessed with it? Loki should have a theme song by you guys because he has horns. You're you're right. Ah uh, yes, you're absolutely you right. Damn it, Lori! I was looking for something like that. You nailed it. So good. Now let's rewind this, uh, black out your audio, and then I'm gonna be like, oh well, obviously it should be Loki because he has horns. Yeah. There. Now it's like I said. I get it. Um, well, Jr. Buddy, thank you so much for being on the show. Congrats yeah. on the new record. Thank you. And uh, yeah, stay safe, stay awesome. And when you guys make it through back into New York City, when everything's normalish again, um, hopefully <laughs> we can give you a tour of the office. Yes, definitely. Thank you, guys. Big thanks again to Less Than Jake. Again, that album is called Silver Linings. It's out now. Check them out. And hopefully uh, come 2021, y'all will be able to see them live in concert once again. Yay! Yeah, we're getting to our uh, final episodes of the year. And because myself, Lorraine, our amazing producers, we are dedicated to making sure we never miss a week of This Week in Marvel, we will still have shows for you for the rest of the year going into 2021 they will be a little bit different we're going to have um we're going to do some cool stuff where we have some new content any news and stuff that's going on but also replace some stuff that we loved from the past year or so some stuff that uh maybe now that we're on sirius xm or we have some a bunch of new listeners they haven't heard everything so um stay tuned for what the next couple episodes are they will be new with a sprinkling of greatest hits but we of course have big questions that we want to ask, and we've been getting some answers. We're going to actually start revealing those answers over the next two episodes. So a question of the week for next week once more is, what were your favorite Marvel moments of 2020? I will also accept just anything good that happened to you this year. Sure. Yeah. Just anything. Yeah. Just literally, did you get a pizza? (laughs) Great, man. I haven't had pizza in like two months. 
what are you doing to yourself, buddy? Get you a pizza. You can tweet us your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel, email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. And additionally, like when we have letters in the comics, we'll need your permission to read your comics on the show. So uh, you might get a DM from us or you can simply add a okay to read on the show to your tweet or in that thread uh, so that we know we can talk about what you've said on our show because we love to talk to you guys. Yeah, and thank you to um, to already the folks in the community who have given us permission already and who are right on top of things. So uh, with that in mind, we've got some questions and answers. Uh, our question of the week last week was, what news were you most excited about coming out of Disney Investor Day 2020? Yeah, and first up, we have a tweet that says, I was expecting another trailer for Marvel Studios The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, but I got smacked with announcements and first looks at stuff I didn't even know about. And I'm super hyped for Marvel Studios Secret Invasion and Marvel Studios Armor Wars because I can't wait to see all the suits and tech. Oh, baby. I Those were two when I heard them. I was like, what? <gasps> Heads exploding. As well as Marvel Studios Ironheart. I was just like, what? I know. You guys. Wow. Wow. Next up, we have Stephanie Jordan at Steph5604, who said, just listen to This Week in Marvel. I am so excited. I am vibrating, causing my grandma to ask me if I'm okay. That is maybe (laughs) one of my favorite responses. All year. Stephanie, uh, if you would, please um, have your grandma come over, listen to this part of the show. I want to let Stephanie's grandma know right now she's okay. She's excited. We're all very, very excited. Stephanie's grandma, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're fantastic. Thank you for being with Stephanie and uh, supporting her in her time of extreme vibrations caused by amazing news. (laughs) Uh, We've got a tweet in here from Tony at T. Bizzlesworth who says, What am I most excited about? Honestly, it's everything. We haven't had anything new in the MCU for over a year. That's too long. Give me Marvel Studios WandaVision to start and then everything else. Yes. Well, that's exactly how you're going to get it. So congratulations. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Comes out January 15th. We have made this happen for you. Ryan and I did nothing. Marvel Studios did everything, but we're here for you. Uh, And Tony and everybody else, if you're excited about Marvel Studios WandaVision, make sure you're listening to This Week in Marvel in the new year. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Next up, we have Adam Wetson at Thunder Talk Thor listening to uh, Agent M, James Monroe Iglehart on This Week in Marvel. Compare Undertaker's entrances to the MCU moments got me thinking. I'd say Edge's return at the Rumble gave me similar feels to Thor zapping down to Wakanda in Infinity War. And ditto for when Roman Reigns returned after his fight with leukemia. I was in the building that night and that energy was electric. And no, I will not apologize for the pun. How much of that did you understand, Lorraine? I understood that there were men. (laughs) You know what? That is accurate. That is true. Uh, And that they and they fought and there was some comparison to the MCU. Yeah. Uh, Adam, that's so cool that you were, you were there for, um, for that. That's, that's awesome. I haven't been to, to live wrestling since the last WrestleMania in New York area, I think. And it's just so much fun to be there, especially when you get these like surprises and those moments, you just get jazzed. You're like, Oh yeah. It's, it's really, really, really cool. Yay. 
That's it. We did it. We did it. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Alexis Williams, Percy of Berlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos with help from Megan Bagala. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Asbestos Lady. She's doing asbestos she can. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>